sense one critical difference. Vulnerability to magic. Alas, the threat is upon us now, Billy Batson. You know my name? Oh, I know many things, for I am the wizard Shazam! Holy moly! I'm big! So you're what this is all about. I'm his replacement. Then let's replace him. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro and I am here with my buddies, Mr. Scott H. Gardner. Howdy! And Mr. David Pascarella. How's it going? It's going good. How you doing? Excellent. So the plan today was with the release of Black Adam as in the theaters. Uh, Scott and I had picked two books that featured Black Adam as a character, and we were going to do that as a score episode. But things get in the way, and we get lazy, and things happen. And now, instead of doing that, we're doing a commentary on the 2010 feature Superman Shazam The Return of Black Adam. Now, for those of you who want to watch along as we do go through this, it is available on HBO Max. Uh, on HBO Max, it's that particular feature along with, uh, what is it, like four shorts? There's a Spectre, Jonah Hex, Green Arrow. Spectre, yeah. I, th- I think that's all of them. Maybe there's a fourth one I'm forgetting, but I, I know there's those three anyway. Right, yeah, right. I think there is a fourth. I think this is like a Catwoman one. Um, You know what? I can tell you. Give me one second because I got the soundtrack here somewhere, and I think all of them well, are while on you the look, soundtrack. I'll continue to, to discuss this a little bit. So we, we're only going to do the Superman Shazam uh, one, which is about, I don't know, 23 minutes long, something like that. Uh, it's from 2010, and it was released on video with the other shorts uh, and like I said on HBO Max they just run consecutively as one feature uh, they do the uh, Superman Shazam one and then they go from that I think to the Spectre and from that to Green Arrow uh, but this is the one that we're doing because we kind of are interested in Black Adam I myself have had not a lot of uh, exposure to this particular character uh, we recently did an episode of Bins where we were talking about uh, different things with him, and and I remember the uh, when they came out with the five or six issue series World War Three, uh, which I mm-hmm. think came out right after uh, either Countdown or Fifty Two, uh, 
And I fifty two. I read that, and I've read a couple of things in the JSA where he was featured. Uh, I've always pictured him as a cross between Superman and Namor, uh, partially because of his hair and his pointy ears, uh, and partially because he's kind of a villain, but a good guy, but a villain, and it seems you know it seems kind of fitting with Namor. Um, but I, you know, again, he's he's yet another character, and there's so many of these where I could say I'm kind of a fan of the concept of the character, but I don't have a lot of exposure to him. Yeah, I'm with you. My whole exposure was from that uh, countdown, new fifth, and not new fifth countdown, and the World War Three series that they did. I only knew of him per- peripherally before that. Hmm. Um. My introduction to him, so far as I can remember, was, you know, I was a a big uh, Viewmaster kid. I had a lot of Viewmasters, especially the superhero ones. And there was a, at least one, I'm thinking there might have been multiples, but I know there was at least one Shazam set. And there was, I can't remember if it was one reel or if it was the whole, you know, the, the pack of all three were, were focused on this one story. But I remember one of them was, I think it was called The Return of Black Adam, but I can't remember. But it had Black Adam, you know, it had the whole Marvel family. And I, I, it may have been an adaptation of the cartoon because there was a Shazam cartoon at one time. Because um, that was the art style. It, it was. It looked like a Saturday morning cartoon. And I saw somebody posted a picture on Facebook. Uh, they had comments from uh, Dwayne Johnson talking about how he was attracted to the character because he was, you know, one of the first kind of dark characters. And I think he meant dark skinned, honestly. Uh, and somebody posted a picture and saying, "Well, he really wasn't <laughs> portrayed as being dark skinned yeah. at that point." Uh, or you know particularly Egyptian or whatever, and they had a picture that looked like it was from Super Friends, but apparently was not. And I think that may yeah. be from the Viewmaster. Uh... Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be. But it, it's funny because I remember the. Uh, I, I guess we can go ahead and spoil this. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled on the ending of this or the ending of the Viewmaster, then <laughs> skip this part. But uh, basically, the Viewmaster and this short ends exactly the same way with black adam saying shazam and the Viewmaster one i don't remember him dying i just remember him reverting to being like a really really old like withered man and they like take him into custody or so i don't think he actually dies like so you're saying he, he turned into me <laughs> but it, it's funny because i i couldn't quote to you where but I know that I've read multiple uh, stories featuring Black Adam where that's how he ends up being defeated. And so in my mind, I've always kind of considered him like a really cool version of like Mr. Mixed's Pitlick because it's one of those things where it seemed like every story would end with them defeating him by tricking him into saying Shazam. And if you use that trope more than just a couple of times, then it becomes a thing and then it becomes silly, you know? And so he, that's how I always kind of, you know, pictured him in my mind was like really cool, but kind of silly. 
you know, but over the years, you know, they they'd used him to pretty good effect in some stories, and then somewhere, I, I couldn't tell you where exactly it, this started to happen, but he started to kind of mutate into more of a Superman villain than a Captain Marvel villain, and. I'm really torn about that. I both really like it because I think he's an excellent foil for Superman because it's funny, Paul, you know, you said that you see Black Adam as like a mix of Superman and Namor. And I think Superman's an odd choice because I see him as a mix of Captain Marvel and somebody like Namor. And... It's weird. It's like as Captain Marvel just continues to fall further and further behind and kind of out of vogue and everything. And now, you know, with the the DC live action movies, he's such a weird, like nebulous character. They, you know, they don't call him Captain. He He doesn't even seem to have a name. The new movie that's out with The Rock seems like it has no connection to shazam or to captain marvel and so it's it's weird so apparently from what i'm hearing like superman shows up at the end of the movie or you know the the not so superman <laughs> you know the the cavill version and so it looks like they're going that route of him being you know a, a superman foil and i don't know like i say i'm really torn because i do think he makes a really good enemy for superman being magically based you know so as strong as superman possibly even stronger but magically based so he gives superman a real workout but it also bugs me in that aspect it's like when they started to take um like lex luther and make him a batman villain i'm like Mm. he's superman's number one villain he's superman's guy you know and now you're gonna take away from superman who arguably doesn't really have the greatest base of villains to begin with you're going to take his number one guy and move him over to this other character and i kind of feel that way about uh black adam and captain he's like he's captain marvel's opposite number so that should be his guy but since you know like i say they don't they just don't seem to be doing much with captain marvel or at least not really getting him right these days that then I guess I'm okay with it. You know, I'd I'd rather get him fighting Superman than not getting him at all, you know, so long as he's done well. And, uh, you know, he's had some really good stories because the other one that that really stands out in my mind was the book I was going to bring to the show, which was uh, DC Comics Presents number 49. And that's very likely the first time I ever saw him in the comics. I, 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 off the top of my head, I could be wrong about that, but that, that really stands out in my mind as, like one of those stories that really stuck with me as as a kid reading that, um, you know, when it, when I got it uh, in the mail and everything, and and kind of knowing, I I I think I knew who he was, like recognized him because I remembered the old Viewmasters and and everything, and you know he's popped up other places. I know he was in the big limited collectors edition, you know, Superman versus Shazam, and then other places. So he's it's it's been kind of sporadic until. You know, recent times when he was part of the JSA for a while, and um, I remember he was in Shazam: The New Beginning by Roy Thomas there right after the crisis and stuff. So he's, you know, he's he's popped up here and here and again. Um, so it's interesting to see him finally becoming, 
you know, poss- you know, potentially a household word after this movie because it seems like the movie's doing pretty good. So it's an interesting, you know, history of the character because he was uh, created by Otto Binder and C. C. Beck in 1945, and uh, yeah, you know, he came back when when DC uh, acquired the rights to uh, Captain Marvel and Shazam and the Marvel family. He came back then, and I, I find it interesting that you would take issue with my Superman Namor as opposed to Captain America, Captain Marvel Namor, uh, only because, well, they had to stop publishing Captain Marvel because he was so close to Superman. Uh, because because right. they sued the living daylights out of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sued them into existence, essentially, yeah. So, you know, according to, you know, Wikipedia kind of says, you know, Black Adam was originally depicted as a supervillain and the ancient Egyptian predecessor of Captain Marvel who fought his way to modern times to challenge the hero and his Marvel family associates. Since the turn of the 21st century, however, Black Adam has been redefined by DC Comics writers Jerry Ordway, Jeff Johns, and David S. Goyer as a corrupted anti-hero attempting to clear his name and reputation. Featured roles in comic books such as Justice Society of America, Villains United, Infinite Crisis, and 52 have elevated the character's prominence in the DC Universe, culminating with the with DC's 2021 line-wide Infinite Frontier relaunch, which had the character, now known as Tethon, the Mighty Adam, join the Justice League. In 2009, Black Adam was ranked as IGN's 16th greatest comic book villain of all time. So that's an interesting uh, history, publication history, for a character that I think, I think more people have my or have a similar history with him to me than have been, you know, devout followers. Right. So, uh, well, what is the deal? What is the deal with Captain Marvel? Can you use the, I remember, you know, as a kid, Captain Marvel was in the comics. They, they couldn't put it on the cover. Yeah. It seems like they, they don't even use it as the character name anymore, which I don't know if that has, yeah, to do with rights or if it has to do with just try, kind of branding that they don't want to brand something that's going to be, uh, you know, me, me, that, that somehow Marvel's going to make money on the branding. My understanding, and I, I could be dead wrong about this, but I know years ago, um, like, like when we were kids, it, it was just like Dave says, it was they couldn't use his name on the cover, but in you know or they basically i i think it was actually they couldn't have the logo be captain marvel um because i know that there was at least one um post-crisis adventure with uh with, where he starred with superman i want to say it was an issue of superman the man of tomorrow i think um where it says something like Superman and the Power of Shazam starring the original Captain Marvel or something like that. So every once in a while they'd sneak his name onto the cover, but I think it couldn't be bannered. Like there couldn't be a book called, you know, The Adventures of Captain Marvel or whatever because Marvel actually owned the uh, copyright to that. So they would continue to call him Captain Marvel, you know, whenever he would pop up or whenever he had his own series or what. And then sometime relatively, you know, in relatively modern times, they basically abandoned the Captain Marvel moniker and just started calling him Shazam. And I got to be honest, I really hate that because 
as a kid, he was a confusing character because I remember like the, the Mego figure didn't call him Captain Marvel on the Mego figure. It called him Shazam in the, the TV show that was out was Shazam. And I can remember a lot of the, the kids I played with and everything thought that was his name. So I can I can, can kind of see why DC eventually went that route, but it makes him kind of silly because they already had a problem with Captain Marvel Jr. being a hero that can't say his own name without, you know, changing back to his secret identity. Now you're going to start having Captain, you know, the actual Captain Marvel going by Shazam, which is his power word to change, so he can't use his own name either. And it just it starts to get really silly at that point. And I, you know, I love Captain Marvel. He's, he's one of my absolute favorite characters. But I've never embraced the silly um, aspect of him. I, I really like a more serious take with that character. So I, I think this, you know, name problem that he has just lends to that that silly aspect. And it's one of the things that really bugged me about the live action movie. As much as I generally enjoyed that movie, I didn't think it was great. But I, I mean, it was it was watchable and everything. But the name thing with that really drove me crazy. It's like, all right, pick pick a name, you know? And, you know, I really wanted them to, you know, if they couldn't go by they, by Captain Marvel, I really didn't want them to go by Shazam. And it's like they didn't even do that. So, yeah, he, he's so such a weird character in that aspect so i you know i don't i don't know what the what the solution would be with that but i just think using shazam as his you know the hero's actual name is just that, that's just so weird you know I, it doesn't, I'm, it doesn't I'm gonna go beyond weird i make hate a lot it. of sense i hate it i absolutely hate yeah that they do that you know shazam is the wizard yeah. right exactly uh, let me just tell you a very quick amusing story that ties into this. My, my dad, you know, he was a marathon runner and he ran up until his, you know, late seventies. He was still running and he had these two old friends, you know, from when he was a kid that they would still get together. And cause he was a runner, you know, we bought him a flash t-shirt. <laughs> so we, he had this shirt on and he comes out to see his two old friends. He goes, do you know who I am? And these two old guys <laughs> both go, Shazam! Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we ready to take a look at this uh, animated... I, I don't even know yeah. what to call it. I don't want to call yeah. it a feature because it's only, like I said, 23, 24 minutes long. But, uh, it's a short plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a short. All right, so we're on HBO Max, and are we all paused at zero? I'll take that as a no. Are we doing a? Are we doing a countdown? Yeah, we'll do one, two, three, start, and press your pause button on start. All right, we're all paused at zero. Yes. Yep. Okay. One, two, three, start. And we get the Warner Brothers logo. Warner Premiere, excuse me. <laughs> Don't undersell it. And there's the Warner Brothers animation logo.
Oh, it should have Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that's what I always think of, too, when I see it. I do like this music that uh, that opens these shorts. It's it's a good little piece of music. Is that a Giacchino thing? All right, this guy here, this guy drives me nuts. He's always holding an expensive book. Look how he's holding that book. It's because he's that's a like jerk. A book. Freaking wanker. <laughs> I like how the uh, spinner rack changes for each of the uh, shorts, too. That's pretty cool. They actually have different books on it. And we're down to Fawcett City. I like that they called it Fawcett City since Fawcett was the original publisher of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Right, George Newbern's name just came across the screen. I'm gonna, uh, that's one of the things I want to ask you guys. George Newbern versus Tim Daly. What do you think? Oh, Tim I, Daly all the way. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think Newbern Tim. is a but it's, decent replacement, but not as good. I like I do like Jerry O'Connell as yeah. as Captain Marvel. I mean, I like George Newbern just fine. I mean, if you can't have Tim uh, Tim Daly, then you know George Newbern's just fine. But given the choice, yeah, Tim Daly all day long. I don't know how I like about a DC cartoon starting with a dick joke, though. I thought that was a little weird. I forgot James Garner is in this. And, and you know, I love James Garner. Yeah, I love James Garner, but he's yeah. not... I don't think it's right to cast him as the wizard. The wizard's not supposed to have that... I don't know. James Garner had a very, like, wise guy voice the way he said things. Uh, you know, I always picture him as... Uh, Rockford. Yeah, Jim Rockford. Or or, or Brett Am Maverick. I wrong in imagining he's got a little bit of like Texas twang to his voice too? Yeah, I think Am he I does. Wrong I, don't, I don't know where he hails from, but I think you're right. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just I, I liked him just fine, and I you know I really liked him as a person and an actor and everything when he was alive. But hearing him in this as Shazam, I thought was a little bit weird because it's like. Okay, ancient Egyptian wizard with a Texas twang. That just okay, but it's no weirder than a talking tiger, I guess. So, and and the this you know, the boy and his pet rats. I don't know about that. I mean, he's living in a slum, and I guess the whole idea is he's making his best of it. Hookers and homeless people. And then there's the muggers who are mugging the guy who looks like he could tear them apart. Right. <laughs> and Billy has to come and protect him, which seems weird. Because he doesn't like bullies. He's got to go look at him. He's on his tiptoes. That was a nice touch. I didn't catch that before. Yeah, that is a nice touch. So... It's, you know, I guess, you know, they're showing you right off the bat, you know, Billy's good nature, his, you know, his, that he's out there to be a champion of the people, that he's worthy of the power of Captain Marvel. And eventually we're going to see this homeless gentleman again later in the short. If people haven't seen it yet, he will return. But he's hitting Billy up for money and Billy gives him a subway token. I was trying to catch whether 
Billy ever calls him by name or not, and I'm not seeing that here in the in the captions where he did. I couldn't remember if he did or not because when he does show up at the end, the first time I watched this, I felt kind of foolish that I didn't put it together who he was. But I don't know that it really does give you enough hints of who he is to really have put it together anyway. Now, is this a little too coincidental that Clark Kent is writing a feature on uh, Billy? Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing exists in kind of a weird, nebulous universe anyway, because, okay, so this is Superman being played by George Newbern, and uh, didn't Jerry McConnell also voice Captain Marvel in Justice League Unlimited, yeah, or am I imagining I, yes, that? I think he did. So you've got the the original voice actors for these characters in the DC animated universe, yet this can't be part of that continuity because all those characters were already established. Unless this is something that would be taking place before that. Uh, I don't think it is meant to be in the same continuity, but I guess you could... No, I don't either. You could say it took place, you know, a a year or two before... uh, what was what was the episode Clash? Yeah, but that that can't be though because Superman didn't know, uh, you know that yeah, that right. Marvel was built. You're right in that, and he, so, he didn't he didn't know yeah. he didn't even know Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel comes over to him and like introduces himself and tells him what a big fan he right. is and everything. Right. And this now, how do you feel about Superman being a part of this? anyway because i mean it's just a a half an hour short does do you feel like maybe he steals some oh this is gonna sound like a terrible pun i don't mean it that way but does he steal some of captain marvel's thunder by being in this yes yes and no uh i think it does if you're sitting here watching it it does take away from giving the giving you the ability to just focus on the captain marvel characters and and black adam but on the other hand, I think they needed to put Superman in it just to make it more marketable. A hundred percent. That's why they put him in. Yeah. I love this part. This is pretty cool. I always like that shot. That's great. Just I love floating. how the... Yeah. I love how the fire truck was all bent around him. That was that was a nice touch. Now, I always got a kick out of the, the JLU animation style, but I really do enjoy this style much more. This more... Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I I hate to use the word realistic, but more realistic, more uh, normal proportions. Again, the floating thing. Oh, really? You prefer this over the JLU style? I do. The oh, JLU Superman style, I, and I enjoy those very much. Don't get me wrong, but it, given my druthers, I would go with with this. That you know, it's a little a little bit less cartoony. Right. Definitely. Have you watched, um, oh God, what's it, Young Justice? Uh, I, you know, on and off, I've seen episodes of it. That has more similar style to this. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. And I liked that from the start. I, and, you know, up this, I'm sorry? The, the thing is, like, you know, when they had the, uh, the Teen Titans cartoon, uh, which was in a very cartoony style, I really enjoyed that, but... When I saw Young Justice, I was thinking, well, if they had done Titans in that style, it would have been very cool. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. watch the Teen Titans one because of the art style. 
And and there's episodes yeah, in that yeah, series that good. that really lend themselves to that art style. There's you know when they do Mad Mod and stuff like that. Uh, and that's that series was actually really good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but again, I just prefer this this type of style more. I like that Superman. You know, Superman's having trouble because of magic. Right. You know, it's very easily explained. And this goes to the thing where people say, oh, you can't do you can't write good Superman stories because he's too powerful. No, you just have to take advantage of the right type of story writing. Ow. Yeah, really. Ow. We got the point. (laughs) And there's the homeless dude again as Billy's (laughs) going to run into the subway. The end and the odd train. Yeah, I've been on those trains, and uh, I'm surprised I didn't run into any old wizards. <laughs> no P-train. So no. he just gave him a token, and Billy hopped the turnstile. <laughs> That's a nice catch. I didn't even catch that. And here comes the train. See, I guess this right is on. what bugs me about Superman being in this. I, I don't mind Superman being in it necessarily because I, I do like the fight and everything. I, I I don't like Superman being part of Captain Marvel's origin story. So I found it kind of strange that, you know, just just the the structure of the way they're telling this. I would much rather have liked this if. Billy was already Captain Marvel, and and if they felt the need to do the origin story, then do it all as a flashback. Well, maybe if they were doing it for marketing purposes, you could have come out with like a video double feature, a Superman story and a Captain Marvel story. Right. This way you you would have let Captain Marvel have his own, uh, you know, have the stage to himself, and then possibly... Uh, have people pick it up because of the Superman feature, but then watch this and maybe, you know, expose expose uh, Captain Marvel to the fans who wouldn't be familiar with him otherwise. I like how his dad was C.C. Batson. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, what's that? C.C. Uh, Beck. Uh, he, I mean, he was around for quite a while. When when DC acquired the character, he was drawing the co- the comics for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. And here we get the seven deadly sins. Yeah, the first one's Bride. Oh no, it's Pride. My mistake. <laughs> and Prejudice. I always like that. See, that's, it, that's right out of. And now we're getting to Shazam, and I again, like I love. I love James Garner, but his voice just doesn't fit this character. He might have been better as the homeless guy. Right, yeah. Yeah. I would want somebody with, you know, like that real old man voice. And even, even, you know, in his later years, James Garner did not have an old man voice. James Garner was suave until the end. Yeah, he pretty much was. And for any of the young listeners who are not familiar with it, go check out the Rockford Files. It was a fun show. <laughs> See, this is the wizard I wish we had gotten in the in the live action movie because that that bugged me. I didn't like them using uh, what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy as as the wizard. I just thought that was a really weird 
odd choice. I like this version of the wizard where he looks like a cross between like God and Santa Claus or something. <laughs> He's cool. Shazam's a cool dude. What does it pay to be protector? I'm just curious. <laughs> I do like that they name drop Captain Marvel, though. That's cool. So, I mean, the story is that that he gave Black Adam the power 5,000 years ago when Black Adam uh, was a bad choice. So he banished him to far away and it took him this long to get back to Earth. And he's trying to prevent the uh, wizard from giving the power now to Billy his new champion. And I think I, I could be wrong, but I, I think all that does jibe with the comics too. As I recall, was, the, was it the in the comics? Was it that he had banished him that far away? That was all true too. I think, yeah, I think so. Have something, you read something to that effect? Yeah. Have you read a significant amount of the originals from the forties? No, no, not really. I mean, I, I, I'm very familiar with, like, the origin story because, you know, the, the Captain Marvel origin story because it was in um, Secret Origins of the DC Superheroes. Which we've talked about in the past. Like a, yeah, yeah, I've read that a million times as a kid, but I've tried to go back and, and read, you know, the, the old Captain Marvel stuff, and as much as I like the character, I just, it's it's just too silly for me. Um and then when they did the revival, when DC did the revival in the 70s, I've tried to get into that stuff before, too. And I had a lot of it as a kid. And, you know, it's it's varying degrees of enjoyable. But overall, I just I didn't care for the, the writing or the art style necessarily. And it wasn't until almost at the end of that series when uh, Alan Wise came in to do the art for a while and then uh, eventually Don Newton took it over and, and he moved cat moved over to uh, world's finest. And that's when I really got into actually reading the character. But mm. most of my love for captain Marvel honestly still comes from the old Shazam, you know, the live action series with, uh, well, it started Mentor. out with Oswick and then I forget the other guy's name that took a John Davies or something like that, that took it over. Uh, I, I mean, that's still, you know, my my biggest identifier with Captain Marvel. But I like, Cap, you know, comic book Cap, but a lot of his original stuff just never really did it for me all that much. So now he just learned how to turn himself into Captain Marvel. But unfortunately, he didn't realize that if he says the word again, he stops being <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> I love that. Ah, this fall would totally kill you. Yeah, pretty much when you when you hit the water like that, it's uh, it's like hitting cement. Shazam really should have given him a manual how to operate this. Yeah. Okay, and this is not how bubbles work. I just want to point that out. Oh, I talk to people that way all the time. <laughs> it's like fart in a jar. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're ruining all all my dreams now. 
But I do hear the cigarette lighter works. I'm never going to test that one. <laughs> it's a good way to cauterize your asshole if you want to try to. <laughs> so now, so now, now we, we, we have the, uh, the face-off of Superman and uh, Captain Marvel against Black Adam. And I do like how Superman keeps wait, 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 coming wait, wait, at him wait, with wait, powers that... that he's not familiar with. The, you know, the cold breath yeah. and the eyes and everything the heat vision but that heat vision that just hit him what hit him like a physical object and superman doesn't have like it, it's not cyclops's force blast it's it's heat so it shouldn't have necessarily knocked him anywhere i don't think but i mean it was still a cool visual ow now i don't this thing with with Adam actually like throwing electricity and stuff, that's a re- relatively recent development, and I I don't care for that. I I don't know where that comes from necessarily, but I, I do think that's a fairly modern trope for both him and Captain Marvel that I don't necessarily think is. I, I'm wondering if they they have him do that because they don't really have any like projection powers. You know, like Superman has you know, heat vision and super breath, like we just mentioned, and, and Cap never had any projection powers. You know, he doesn't shoot any beams from his eyes or anything like that, so I wonder if the whole shooting electricity thing was to make up for that somehow or something? Probably. Possibly. I, I don't know that you have to, you know, I don't know, I don't know that you have to do that, though. Uh, I think you can get by with just, you know, the pure strength and flight and all of that. Look, Jimmy Olsen's up on top. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I really do like the smoothness of the animation. It's got, I mean, it's got some weight to it when, you know, when they crash into objects or belt each other or what. I, I do like that. Yeah. So, I mean, and what, what one of the things that they just kind of showed us here is that, you know, Adam isn't just all brute force. He's thinking about what he's doing. Uh, you know, he, he destroyed a dam to separate Captain Marvel and Superman that, you know, one of them had to take care of the dam to make sure that the water didn't rush in and kill people. So this way he could just face off against one instead of both. So it's, you know, it's pretty good strategy. It's a good thing the city was all closed today. Is one car on the entire right. road. And you know what? You flip my car over and I fall out and you catch me by the neck. I'm dead already. She should have had a seatbelt though. So now he's holding this woman oh, he ends up hostage to get Billy to, uh, to turn back into Billy. When he flings her, he throws her by the neck, you know, as high as a skyscraper. Again, I dead. would think that would... <laughs> Yeah, that's. He makes Sinestro look like a pretty good choice to get the ring, you know, when you think about it. <laughs> well, you know, I I like. Yeah, I don't the know fact... what's with the pointed ears. I never... Yeah, I don't know where the pointed ears come from, but you know, when when uh, a lot of times when they do the opposite number, the you know the villain who has the same powers, uh, they're very very similar to the uh original character in this instance i'm just thinking about it dc does a good job of of varying it a little bit 
you know, Black Adam is very different from Captain Marvel, even though they have the same power set. Bizarro is very different from Superman, even though they have the same power set, effectively. You know, uh, Sinestro is very different from Green Lantern. So they, they did a good job of, of actually having the opposite number not just be a carbon copy, you know, that's backwards. Right. So, you know, I, I like that. It gives gives them a little bit of writing ability with these characters. So, once again, the uh, the battle is underway, and Superman is not doing as well because of the magic aspect of things. And you would think Captain Marvel wouldn't be doing as well, partially because of inexperience. But he's holding Ow. his own pretty well. That was a pretty good shot of Adam's face getting crushed by a blow. <laughs> but for all this beating, oh yeah, this this is you know, so you know Captain Marvel has to show he's a hero by not killing. You mean he doesn't snap his neck right here? I guess you could. <laughs> No commentary yeah, on the I don't, of the show, story. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that moment. That's, you know, I mean, granted, he doesn't kill him, but just the thought that he was even thinking about it, uh, that's, I don't know, that's that's not Captain Marvel to me. That's that's awfully dark. But it, it is, but, I mean, how old is Billy supposed to be? 14, maybe? Yeah, something I mean, like to have that. him yeah, not, he's, to have him not even think about about it is giving him a level of maturity that's just so unrealistic. In a story that's otherwise very realistic, <coughs> like with the talking Tawny Tiger. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about Tawny Talky being this, uh, you know, or Talky Tawny, whatever the hell his name was. I always thought he was a pretty silly character too. He definitely. I'm was. trying to remember. They're trying to make him a little bit more serious here. That yeah. he's got a human form, and then when he turns into a tiger, he looks like a real tiger. It's not, uh, you know, not a cartoony tiger. Um, and then he basically bluffs Black Adam into saying Shazam and. Aging five thousand years and disintegrating, because you know he he says the wizard's going to do something and the wizard's not around anymore. The dirty room. And then we cut back to Billy. He's hanging in the neighborhood. There's the story in the paper about him. And then these, uh, the bullies who were uh, attacking the homeless guy are pushing Billy around. And then it's kind of convenient. He's got nothing to say. Come on, just say something. Say one word. <laughs> yeah, I like the look on his face as it closes out. You know just what the word's going to be. Yeah, and then, yeah, you go from a shot very far away and you just see the lightning bolt striking down. <laughs> He's been working out. So Sally was Danica McKellar, who we all know from the Wonder Years. I think virtually everybody had a crush on her at one time or another. And 
and well, it was fun. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a well done twenty something minutes short. Yeah, and that does it for that. Yeah, it's good animation. It has, it's got really good sound in it too. The sound the sound editing was really good, and the the surround sound mix was good. I didn't care for the music all that much. I got to be honest, but uh, but everything else with it, I thought was pretty good. I it's bought this on the DVD when it first came out. What what fifteen years ago? Two thousand. Yeah, I know. I was shocked when I. Yeah, when I pulled it up on uh, HBO Max to rewatch it last night, and I saw the year on it, I'm like, holy cow, is it really 12 years old already? It seems like this just came out like a year or two ago. Time flies, my friend. Yeah, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah, because I remember when this came out, I was pretty anxious to watch it and you know, sat down and watched it with the boys and everything. It just does not feel like it was that long ago already. I think the yeah, things that the, the thing way. that would put it in perspective for you is thinking of how young the boys were when you watched it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was I'm glad I rewatched this though because I was lamenting not long ago that this was on HBO Max yet the uh, Jonah Hex short that I really liked so much I couldn't find it anywhere and then watching this. Um, you know, when I pulled it up, it says that the runtime is one hour, two minutes. And then as it ends at like the 30, whatever it is, 20 or 30 minute mark, I'm like, oh, what the hell's the rest of it? Is it like special features or what? And then you find out it's the other shorts are all tacked onto the end. And the last one is the Jonah Hex one. So it was really cool to see that again because I, I think that was really, really well done. I, I enjoyed that from top to bottom. That was Aren't good. They- Weren't they putting shorts at the end of a lot of those movies back then? You yeah. Know, like you, you yeah. bought the Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, and at the end yep. there's a short. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm just looking. There's a uh, there's a Wikipedia page that has DC Showcase. It says 2010, The Spectre, Jonah Hex, Green Arrow, and Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. And that they were put together on the collection. Then after that, there have been additional shorts. Uh, there was Catwoman in 2011 that was included in uh, Batman Year One. There's Sergeant Rock that was on Batman Hush. There's Death, which I don't even know Death is a character in DC, honestly. Uh, it's a vertical character, I And think. that's in Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Phantom Stranger has a short on Superman Red Sun. Adam Strange has a hmm. short on Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Uh, there's apparently a short of Batman Death in the Family. And that says DC Showcase Animated Shorts, Batman Death in the Family. Uh, there's a short for Commandy on Justice League World War II. I've seen that. Uh, the Losers oh. have a short on Batman Long Halloween Part 1. Which losers is it? It says the the short tells the story of the titular team consisting of World War II outcasts like Captain Storm, Johnny Cloud, Henry Mile a Minute Jones, Gunner, and Sarge. And who the hell is Henry Mile a Minute Jones? I don't know. I'm looking for (laughs) for the. I don't recognize the names of the. Oh, Dean Winters does Captain Storm. I know he's the guy who does uh, Mayhem on the uh, insurance commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's oh. great, that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, he was in John Wick. Yeah, I don't recognize any of the... Oh, well, there's uh, Fan Long, who's Ming-Na Wen. Okay, there's also a short uh-huh. of Blue Beetle. And then Constantine. Which, which Blue Beetle? Uh, the, let's see. The board one? This tells the story of how Blue Beetle collaborated with Captain Adam, Nightshade, and the Question to fight Dr. Specto- Spectro. Ooh. All right, I need to I need to hunt that. See, I wonder on HBO Max where these movies are streaming. I wonder if these shorts are tacked on to the end of those. I don't know. Because I've got all those features queued up on HBO Max, and I've been very slow in getting to them, but I have started watching them. Because as much as I absolutely detest what they're doing live action, generally speaking, I really like their animated stuff. It's like... DC nails it with the animation the same way that that Marvel nails it with the live action stuff, in my opinion. For you know, most of the time, your opinion is a hundred percent correct. That's why I've I've long I've long said that uh, honestly, I I would have no problem whatsoever if DC just abandoned the idea of doing live action stuff and just concentrated on the animated you know the animated stuff and just. Some of them, I think, have been feature worthy, but apparently they've—I don't know—they—they just—they're resistant to that. I guess it's because, um, you know, way back, uh, *Mask of the Phantasm* just didn't do anything in the theaters, and I think ever since then they've been resistant to do another theatrical animated release. But well, then again, I think uh, what you call it just recently did pretty well. The uh, what was it? *League of, League of Super Pets*. Yeah, I heard good reviews on it and everything. I don't know if it made any money, but it, you know, it seemed to it seemed to do well review wise. Yeah, the problem you run into is the snob mentality that you know oh, it's a cartoon, it's for little kids. I'm not going to the movies yeah. to see a cartoon. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But still, I mean, if it's if it's going to be something that's going to be bright and colorful and more or less faithful to the characters, and sometimes. They've been pretty rigidly faithful to the comics, too. I'd much rather get that than this dark, depressing shit that they've been putting out with the live-action features. And I don't know. They just they, they just seem to be getting further and further away from stuff I actually want to see them do with my favorite characters. You know, it's, it's, well, it's depressing. They have, they have no hope in any of these things. Do you know what I mean? Right. The, the whole thing yeah. was... Oh, it's a bright future, positive. Uh, everything is negative today. And the funny thing is, yeah, in the you know, like if you went to the seventies and the sixties, uh, Marvel was so much more dour than DC, which was you know much more, you know, aimed to be kid friendly and and kind of have happy endings and everything. So it's weird that that that's kind of reversed to a large extent. Yeah, that's very true. You know, even when they did. Uh, the uh, Justice League Avengers crossover, uh, the people who ended up on the DC side of, you know, the Marvel characters who ended up on the DC side, they were like, oh my God, look at this. There's a Flash Museum. They honor this guy. <laughs> you know, they, right. they, they were like so surprised <laughs> by uh, the way that the, the public perceived them. Well, that would be a mammoth undertaking, but I wouldn't mind covering that at some point. Well, we'd have to do oh, it one issue at a time. That. I mean,. We couldn't do it all in one show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. 
You mean like spotlight it? Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be a it'd be a hell of a project, but it could be fun. Anything more on this before we wrap things up? Any final thoughts? It was a, a, f- a fun trip down memory lane. It's good. I recommend it. That's gonna put that. They're gonna put that on the box now. Dave Pascarella. <laughs> it's, it's good. I recommend it. Yeah, I agree. It is good, and I recommended it as well. And and if you have HBO Max, there's really no reason not to watch it. All right. So that said, I guess we'll call it a show and. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And, you know, oh, you know, I I just wanted to actually mention I was looking uh, for reasons that I couldn't even answer right now. I was looking on, uh, I guess, what they call Apple Podcasts now because it's no longer iTunes. And we did have a couple of reviews that were more recent, not necessarily very recent, uh, that I just wanted to make mention of. Uh, March 1st, 2022. Uh, somebody who goes by the name Cuban Comic Fan wrote, This is the Internet's best comic book back issue podcasts. All the hosts are entertaining, and I look forward to bins every week. So I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Uh, November 6th of 2021 by Bub R. I don't know who that is either, but uh, you know it's always nice to get five-star reviews. It says, For older comic book fans, particularly if you grew up in the 60s or 70s, this show should be right up your alley. Younger fans, if they listen, will learn about older comics and creators. This is now my favorite podcast. My advice to all comic book fans, regardless of who you are, give this podcast a listen. It will grow on you. And yeah. then uh, oh. a year ago, Superman Superfan 75, do we know who that is? No. Wrote, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and this show is by far my favorite. In no time flat, these guys feel like old friends. Reviews, stories, tangents, and an undying love for old comics. Do yourself a favor and listen. So those those are the more That's recent. Awesome. They're definitely not recent, but they're the more recent uh, reviews. Uh, and I very, very much appreciate them. So if you're listening, the people who wrote them, because I'm not sure of uh, the names that, that are identified on there. If you're lis- listening, I want to say thank you for writing them. And uh, if you're listening and you didn't write them, well, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, those are awesome. That, that's very, Thank you very much. That was very kind. All right, so that said, now, having re-redisposed of the reviews, uh, I'm going to say good night to everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Jazam! I miss you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved.
Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.